It was an interesting weekend for the University of Louisville Athletics Department from questionable officiating down in Death Valley against Clemson on Saturday afternoon to the Louisville basketball team losing their first two games of the season. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff on today's episode of the show. With that being said, let's get right on into it. You are locked on Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this week's matchup between the Louisville Cardinals and the NC State Wolfpack right here on Sling. Sling, the TV you love for a price that you'll love. Try it today. As always, I want to say thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, the Locked On the Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. A lot of stuff to talk about on today's episode of the show. It was kind of a rough weekend overall for the Louisville um, Athletics Department, especially for football and basketball. We're going to talk about the questionable officiating against the Cardinals uh, down in Death Valley against Clemson. But we're also going to tell you why the officiating in itself did not lose Louisville the game on Saturday. We'll also talk about the Louisville basketball team's 0-2 start and why, although it's suboptimal, patience is still required. Uh, we will end the note, uh, we'll end the show on a positive note, talking about the uh, Louisville volleyball team's come-from-behind victory on Friday evening against a ranked Georgia Tech squad, um, a thriller down in Atlanta. Uh, the Cardinals came out on top. So um, we'll start out with the football uh, side of things. The Cardinals um, went into Death Valley looking to really, really um, put a cherry on top on this winning streak that they had going on, winners of their last four games. Unfortunately, um, Scott Satterfield's team lost to Dabo Sweeney's 10th-ranked Tigers 31-16 to on Saturday afternoon. Um, this was a very interesting game because it felt like from the very beginning, the officiating was questionable. Now, granted, let me say this because um, I, I think that it's a pet peeve of mine to completely blame a game on officiating. Because there's so many instances in a game, there's so many plays in a game that, I mean, I just feel like even if there is a play at the end of a game that, turns out to be decisive, like a pass interference call or a holding, um, you know, whether that's questionable or not. Look, I don't think one play decides a game. I don't think officiating decides a game, although it can definitely play a big impact. And look, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Some people think, oh, you know, the ACC has to keep Clemson, um, you know, in the picture. Uh, for the college football playoff, they can't let them lose. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Um, I, you know, I take things for what they are. Um, I do think that it was a very questionable officiated game. There were many instances on Saturday afternoon to where you look back on the plays, and there's many videos out there of uh, highlighted instances of either missed calls or bad calls. Um, shout out to my guy Alan Thomas uh, at the State of Louisville for essentially posting every single missed call that he saw. Um, 
there, there were a couple of them from missed targeting calls on Brock Doman to a missed face mask on Malik Cunningham, um, you know, a missed holding call on a screen pass, so on and so forth. But the main one that a lot of people are talking about is the pass interference call at the end of the first half. Uh, Louisville was down by three. I think it was 10 to seven. Clemson had the ball. I think it was like third and eight on the Louisville 35 yard line, right? Um, DJ U drops back, um, Uagalale throws the deep ball to, I think it was Will Shipley. I think Will Shipley either came out of the backfield on a wheel route or it was just, um, you know, a route out of the backfield. Regardless, um, Josh Minkins picked, uh, Will Shipley up, um, pretty close to the beginning of his route and ran step for step with him. DJ threw the ball up toward the end zone and, um, you know, fell incomplete and didn't seem like there was that much contact. I think both guys were kind of going back and forth, um, you know, using their hands, but not, you know, any blatant contact. And, um, you know, a couple seconds after the play, a, a flag is thrown and pass interference is called on Josh Minkins. Um, a lot of the Louisville fan base was riled up over this because there was an official standing about three feet away from the play. Um, no call was made by that official, but instead, the referee at the line of scrimmage, 30 yards away from the play, decided to make that call and uh, call pass interference. And um, the nearest official obviously did not object to the call. Clemson would go to score a touchdown um, to end the first half and go into the halftime break up by 10, which definitely swayed the momentum um, for a game that ended up um, you know, being a 15-point um, margin granted, Louisville scored at the very, very end on the last play of scrimmage to make it 15 point game. Um, I think that that definitely took the air out of the sails for Louisville. I think that, um, you know, there were some instances in the second half, and we'll talk about that in here in a second. Um, but that play in, in general, um, look, I think it played a big part because instead of Clemson looking at fourth and eight from the 35 yard line to where you have a decision of whether you want to maybe take a good take a delay of game and punt it, but rather they'd probably go with BT Potter trying to kick a 52-yard field goal, and he's a very good kicker. So uh, worst-case scenario, Louisville likely would have gone into the half down by six, um, trailing by a single possession instead of down by 10. Um, and that definitely you know, threw a wrench in Louisville's plans. Now, um, you know, like I mentioned, there were many instances of very questionable officiating, and it felt very, very one-sided. Um, granted, when you look at the penalties, um, if you didn't watch this game, you probably wouldn't think that it was too lopsided, uh, six penalties for Louisville, um, I think four for Clemson. So, but it was kind of the missed penalties in my opinion, but regardless, I'm here to tell you that as frustrating as the officiating was as questionable as it was, as let's be honest, downright horrible as it was at times, Louisville had their chances to win this game. And they had their chances to get back in this game, especially in the second half. Granted, first half, um, it took a little while for the offense to get going. Um, they went down by 10. It was 10-0. to zero, um, And Louisville, they struggled um, to start out. And that definitely put a hindrance on the offense. Malik Cunningham gets hurt at the end of the first half. Brock Doman comes in. And he doesn't do that bad of a job. I actually think that Doman didn't do all that bad. But Louisville was not able to get anything going offensively and this has kind of been a problem over the past couple weeks now granted I know they have a backup quarterback you're going up against a very good Clemson defense despite missing some big time players on that defense look 
there were many instances to where Louisville started out drives in the second half on the other side of the 50-yard line. When you look at the uh, in, into the first half, um, Louisville ended up um, – actually, they got the ball to start the second half, and they ended up punting it. Uh, Clemson went to score a touchdown. It's 24-7. Louisville goes down, gets a field goal. Clemson punts it. Uh, ends up being a uh, – let's see – Louisville fumbles the ball, I should say. Clemson fumbles it right back. Louisville has the ball in, in a nice area, has to punt it. And then Clemson punts it. And then Louisville has a turnover on downs. Clemson punts it again. And then it's an interception for Louisville. Clemson fumbles it. And then Louisville goes turnover on downs. So let's, let's make it very, very clear that, yeah, the officiating was a little questionable. But the offense had their opportunities to win this game. I think the defense had a pretty solid performance. There were some certain instances to where, you know, maybe they uh, dropped the ball at times. Uh, and there were there was that instance to where on that drive with that questionable pass interference, uh, Will Shipley did fumble the ball. Louisville had a chance to fall on it but couldn't do so. And Shipley ended up recovering it. And that really ended up pr- proving to be very critical. Um, so, look, I think that uh, Louisville had every opportunity to go out and really make this a game offensively. They just weren't able to get much going, uh, weren't able to get much going in the rushing department. I think that the play calling at times was kind of back to its its uh, very simplistic ways, and it was very um, predictable, I guess you could say, for the Louisville offense. So um, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, what went wrong for Louisville in this game, some of those offensive woes on tomorrow's episode of the show. But like I mentioned, uh, to kind of wrap things up, questionable officiating, which was bad. Still, you can't blame this whole game on officiating because Louisville did have their chances. So um, I want to transition over into the basketball side of things now um, where the Cardinals have started out 0-2. It's not optimal. You still have to be patient. We'll talk about why that is here in just a second after we talk about our friends over at Upside. Um, Whether it's driving less, dining out less, or simply buying less from the grocery store, we can all agree there's nothing fun about less. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With Upside, I don't have to cut back because I get cash back on every purchase. To get started, download the free Upside app, use my promo code LOCKED, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside, check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards, or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars collectively every week. Uh, Download the free Upside app and use the promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using the promo code LOCKED. So transitioning over into the basketball side of things, the Louisville Cardinals uh, have started out the season 0-2 after losing the first two contests of the year to Bellarmine and to Wright State by one point in each of those games. Um, Look, uh, it's kind of a situation for the fan base to where there's two polarizingly opposite point of views, right? Um, There is the point of view from the optimistic side of things that feels like, okay, hey, look, you know, Chris Mack didn't necessarily uh, do Kenny Payne any favors in terms of the roster. Um, You know, he's still 
you know, trying to develop some of these players on a team that uh, went under 500 last year. Uh, they still were fighting the NCAA cloud to where recruiting was, um, you know, directly affected and it affected getting uh, grad transfers and one year transfers because of the uncertainty with the NCAA and a possible postseason ban. Um, and then, not to mention now, you know, you have a first year head coach, you have a, a rebuild on your hands. You know, the this portion of the fan base is preaching patience. You know, it's, hey, look, we understand that it's going to take a little while, but we have decided that we're going to trust the process. We're going to take some of the bumps along the road, and we're going to focus on trying to see improvement with each and every game, hoping that the team can continue to play more confidently as the season goes on. We understand year one's probably going to be tough, but with the cloud gone from over our heads, recruiting will help next season, um, and then we'll address things there on out. This year, it's just all a matter of weathering the storm and staying um, you know, focused on trying to get better each and every day. There's the other side of the fan base that believes, hey, look, I don't care if it's a process or not. Losing to a D2 team in exhibition, barely beating Chaminade in the second exhibition, and losing your first two games, uh, one of those being to Wright State, even a loss against Bellarmine, I don't care that it's a rebuild. The University of Louisville should not lose these games. Um, they're is the portion of the fan base that believes that, um, you know, recruiting uh, wasn't necessarily affected all that much by the NCAA. In fact, it's more so uh, the criticisms are geared toward the NIL. Um, you know, there's, I guess, been rumors out there from portion of the fan base that um, says that Kenny Payne is not utilizing NIL and, um, or at least not to the, the full potential. And, uh, not going after players that will um, ultimately help the team. Um, and this is kind of a direct reflection of the team not going after guards in, in the offseason, and you're seeing some of those issues now. Um, so those are kind of the two uh, sides of the table, right? There's the optimistic side, and then there's the pessimistic side. I'm more so on the optimistic side, although I can understand what the – other um, argument is saying, look, here is my take. I think it's not a suboptimal start. Look, I think that this program has high standards. Losing to a D2 school in exhibition, losing to uh, Chaminade, or not losing to Chaminade, but barely beating Chaminade, losing the first two games of the season um, to mid-majors by one point, um, it it's frustrating for sure. And I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to accept these losses um, because I expect better. I expect better from this team. I think that the team expects better from this team. So I think that um, what's frustrating at times is that you see that Louisville is better than these two teams. Um, uh, you know, you have the instances to where defensively they've struggled, um, you know, whether that's just it, it seemingly, you know, falling asleep on backdoor cuts or, just not getting down the floor or whatever may have you, I think at the end of the day, you know, there's some aspects of the past two games that I look back on and I'm like, man, that's just, that's not good enough. But also, as much as it is not optimal to start the year, 
we've got to have some patience because it is a rebuild. Look, I get the frustration. Nobody's happy because of an 0-2 start. As much as people out there are trying to be optimistic and saying that they trust the process, which I do, nobody in their right mind as a global fan is okay with an 0-2 start. There have been some positives that we've seen from the first two games. I think L. Ellis and Jalen Withers have been solid, but the lack of guard play has been a little bit um, concerning. Mike James has been very solid, um, but it's going to take some time for these younger guys to continue to develop, like Kamari Lance. He hasn't had a good first two games of the year. Um, he's going to get better as the season goes on. I think that there's concern over Sidney Curry through the first two games and how um, you know he hasn't necessarily produced a lot. Um, but you've seen some solid, uh, you, you've seen some solid minutes from Brandon Huntley Hadfield, from Roosevelt Wheeler, um, so on and so forth. JJ Trainer. But I think it's just a matter of this team needing to gel, needing to continue to build up confidence. I think we need to get a little bit more of a um, idea of what the uh, half-court offense is going to look like. Defensively, the team has to uh, be more uh, involved in all levels, whether that's a transition defense or you know moving uh, through screens and things of that nature. Um, but look, I think Bellarmine is a solid opponent. I said in the episode last week that it was going to be a dangerous first test for Kenny Payne in year one of his tenure, and Louisville lost. Um, it took to the final, you know, five minutes of the game for the Cardinals to really start to play to their potential. And by that point, they just ran out of time. Um, they were down by 10 with like three minutes and they ended up coming back and losing by a point. Uh, there are some, uh, there are some parts of that game that you look at and you know, you need to improve on same with Wright state. Louisville had a 10 point lead. Wright state came back and won the game defensively. The Cardinals struggled offensively. They, uh, didn't necessarily, um, you know, really forced the issue when they went up by 10, kind of got a little bit, uh, I guess you could say lackadaisical. Maybe. I think it's more of a defensive issue. But, hey, look, it is what it is. I think that it's not optimal. There's no reason why Louisville should lose to these two teams. I won't accept that as a, as an excuse of saying, oh, it's a rebuilding year. I get that. But but that it's still, these are two games that Louisville should have won. It's not like Louisville's not the better team. It's not like they got blown off the floor and they weren't as good as the opposition. They were better than Bellarmine. They were better than Wright State, but they didn't execute uh, uh, to their fullest. And shout out to Scotty Davenport's team over at Bellarmine. Shout out to Wright State for executing. They went out and they did what they needed to do. Uh, they stayed focused. They stayed uh, engaged and, and got the job done. So shout out to them. But for Louisville, um, it, it's frustrating. But also, while you accept that and you claim that it's frustrating, you can also believe that it is a process. It is a rebuild, and we look to see progress made over the next couple months. This year, maybe expectations need to change. Obviously, I think uh, the tournament year one, uh, unless this team really turns it around, I mean, I guess it's way too early, but hey, look. I mean, Louisville's going to have to turn it around pretty quickly. They have Maui coming up here soon, but regardless, um, it's going to take some time. I trust Kenny Payne. Um, I, I'm not ready to uh, call for him to be fired after game two, as I'm seeing some people on social media, because I think it's going to take some time, right? I think it's going to take some um, some patience. We're going to have to be patient, um, and hopefully this team can continue to grow throughout the year, which I believe they will, and we'll continue to assess things in year two. But I think this year is going to be a little rough 
But at the end of the day, it's about staying patient. It's about weathering the storm and watching this team uh, develop, gel, uh, build their chemistry, and get better week in, week out. So um, we'll talk about the game against Appalachian State uh, tomorrow. Actually, not not tomorrow, Wednesday, on Wednesday's episode of the show after that. So, um, But we will end the show on a positive note, talking about the basketball team, or the basketball team, the um, the women's basketball team we'll talk about on tomorrow's episode of the show. We're going to talk about the volleyball team to end out the show today, where the Cardinals went down 2-0 against a ranked Georgia Tech team, ended up winning the match in a five-set thriller, 3-2. to We'll talk about that here in just a second. After we talk about our friends over at Nissan, our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create a new segment across the Locked On College Network titled Thrilling Moments, where we highlight the most exciting play from the Louisville Cardinals weekend games or throughout the history of our alma mater. This week's thrilling moment from the Louisville Cardinals weekend is Claire Chausset's 27 kills against Georgia Tech on Friday evening. Um, after going down 2-0, the Cardinals came back and won 3-2 in a thriller down in Atlanta. Um, and Claire Chausset had a big impact on that one. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. Thanks again for making Locked On Louisville your first listen. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and go behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So moving right on along, discussing the Louisville Cardinals' five-set thriller victory over the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets on Friday evening. Um, the Cardinals went down into uh, O'Keefe Gymnasium and played the 13th-ranked um, Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets uh, and went down 2-0 early on in the match. Lost the first two sets 25-17 to and 25-17. to um, But once again... Not out of it just yet. Unlike the Pittsburgh match when they went down 2-0 and ended up losing in 5, the Cardinals were able to complete the reverse sweep, uh, winning the next three sets of the match, 25-14, 25-19, and then a 15-11 decisive fifth set win. Once again, putting that resilience on full display. This Louisville team may face some adversity in matches, but they are never out of it until the final point is scored and the Cardinals once again with their backs against the wall rose to the occasion and Claire Chausset had herself an evening 27 kills on the match which was a career high Um, probably even the most impressive aspect of that is the fact that she swung at a 317 clip which um, for those who don't understand um, yeah that's hitting percentage and that is very, very good. Um, Chausse had a fantastic match. Um, also, uh, Iko Jones had 12 kills. Uh, Amaya Tillman had 11. Uh, the Cardinals just overall very, very solid in this one. Um, Anna DeBeer ended up having only three kills in this one. Um, but it was Claire Chausse um, leading the way. Iko had 12. Tillman had 11. Uh, and then you had... Um, Raquel Lathero, who led the way with uh, 57 total assists. Um, she had a game high or a match high 
57 assists. The Cardinals um, were led in digs by Elena Scott with 25. Uh, she was very, very solid leading the Cardinals defense. Um, but overall, a very, very good defensive performance, good overall performance um, after that second set. Um, one thing that uh, can be said, and I think that isn't necessarily getting enough attention nationally, is how good Claire Chausset has been this season. When Anna DeBeer went down with that injury against Stanford early on in the year. I'm not going to say it was a one-person replacement or one-person picking up the slack because that's not true at all. It was a balanced effort to um, you know, replicate DeBeer's production. But Claire Chausset definitely led the way. And one thing that impresses me the most about her, and there's a lot that um, you know she does very, very well, but one thing that stands out the most is the fact that in the big games, in the spotlight, is when Claire Chausset shines the brightest. Um, she lives for that big moment uh, from multiple matches last year, spanning through the NCAA tournament, um, the Kentucky match earlier this year, and then just Friday evening against Georgia Tech was absolutely fantastic. Uh, 27 kills, um, deciding to come back for another season was huge for Danny Busbone Kelly's team. I'm very, very excited to see her um, not only get to 27 kills, but do so in such an efficient way. Um, and that definitely uh, went a long way in helping the Cardinals come out on top over Georgia Tech. Uh, Louisville finished the weekend yesterday with a 3-0 sweep over North Carolina. The Cardinals um, are 24-2. and They have two games left on the schedule. All eyes are looking ahead to avenge a earlier loss in the season to Pittsburgh. Um, so two games left on the schedule, and we will continue to break down uh, the results as uh, the season goes on. Uh, but thanks again for making Locked On Louisville your first episode or first listen of the day. Sorry, I'm losing my mind. Um, also, uh, tomorrow's episode, we'll talk about uh, the Louisville offense football-wise and why it's been struggling. Um, we'll talk about the Louisville women's basketball team's victory over Belmont on Sunday. We'll also dive into the weekly mailbag. So with that being said, everyone have a great day. Have a great start to your week. Go Cards. We'll see you right back here very soon.